how do you pitch to get work? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. And we're back with the final episode of the Command Z Show. Not the final. Forever. Forever. No, I, I couldn't do that. Um, last episode of season probably three, we'll say. Season three. Season three. Yeah. Um, we have some pretty big plans coming up. Uh, as far as season four goes, we want to we want to get to a lot more guests in the future. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've run out of things to talk about, so. <laughs> um. So we're going to focus on, on some more guests. We're going to we're going to specialize in the topics uh, in motion design. Mm-hmm. So season four is going to be all about motion. Is that exciting? How you doing, Shelby? I'm excited. All in motion. I like it. All about motion. Command C we'll in motion. Oh, there it is. There it is. We did it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. I make hand movements, and like nobody in podcast land can see them. So I don't know. I just live in this little liminal space, but it's fine. It is fun, though. <laughs> um, we got to start doing like, we got to start describing the movements that the other person's making. Yes. That's good. I or like just share the video with them. We'll see. Eh, Who knows? I'd rather describe it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so in our final episode, we have a huge topic to talk about. It's true. I'm going to try not to get super fired up about this. Not too heated. We'll see. Shelby <laughs> might have to t- talk me off a ledge here. It's okay. We're not going to get too ledgy today. We're going to do our best. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's get into it. What is the question for today? How do you pitch... To get work. Oh, jeez. So, um, here, here's this thing in our industry that has become a norm of sorts. Let's go through the story from the beginning here of how this normally unfolds. At first, somebody reaches out and they're like, hey, love the work that you're doing. Would love to get some sort of like bid to get or what is it? I think treatment is the word that is often used. I'd love to get a treatment to um, to see how you guys would handle this thing before we award the project. Mm -hmm. Um, Often before we hear that, we hear that this project is perfect in every single way. Yeah. Like, this is the exact kind of stuff we want to be doing. The budget sounds great. The timeline is usually tough, but doable. Um, and then, yeah. And then we come to... We'll echo in a little bit there. Um, and then we come to the point in a conversation where they, they bring up this word treatment. Mm-hmm. And this word people love to use because it means so many different things. So let's go over what treatment could mean right now. 
at a basic standpoint, a treatment could potentially be just some of your work. An example of some of the work that you've done in the past that you think is relevant to this current project. That's one. Treatment could also mean that they would like you to put together some kind of mood board um, of other people's work that you think could that that you think that you could achieve that um, is kind of well, I guess at the stage where you're starting to give ideas basically. And then the third one is that they want you to actually create something to be able to win the ability to get paid to do this project. Of those three things, uh, I think that it's pretty clear what everyone's favorite would be. Yeah. But let's, let's break this down a little bit. I don't know which direction I want to go here. I think we know which one fires me up the most. Um, let's let's go all in. Let's go for yeah, the big one here. Go for the big one and then work your way back. So, so here's the thing. Is that... The thing that I often come back to is this little quote. Something along the lines of... He who has the gold makes the rules. Right? It's the, the golden rule, is it? I think I said that wrong. It's okay. He who, he who has the gold makes the rules. There you go. Look, I did it. You Second try. <laughs> Let's cut out that first part. Never happened. Nothing. Um, you're leaving again, and I already know. What or, anyway. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of this idea that when somebody has a good bit of money to offer to somebody to do this, they try to get three... Three bids, right? Let's let's bring that into the fold as well. Uh, because that, that is an important part of all of this, is that uh, when, when somebody has, has a, a decent-sized project and they've done this kind of stuff, they're kind of more familiar with an agency setting of some kind, they pitch the work out. They try to get three bids or three separate companies that can provide a treatment. Now, again, the tough part is when you ask them, what do you mean by treatment? They will be very vague. They will not tell you exactly what it is that they would love to see from you. Yeah. And they do that for, for many reasons, right? Because they don't want to be seen as somebody that's asking you for your ideas for free. They don't want to seem like they are being malicious in any way um they ultimately want to leave it up to each studio to decide for themselves what do you think a treatment is and please show us one of those so now going into this this last one here um it's again sometimes they will be direct and tell you exactly what they want to see Mm -hmm. and it might be along the lines of like sample. They'd love to see a sample, which again is another one of those words like treatment. Like, what does that mean exactly? Like, do they want me to actually build something out? Do you want 30 minutes of like hard animation or do you want like, you know, a clip? Right. <laughs> like, what do you want? You know? Right. And it's, it's really, really difficult to judge what people are looking for. Yeah. 
And truthfully, any of those three options could be the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. There isn't always a right or wrong answer to this, and you don't know what it is. So this is where it becomes this really fun game of, like, gambling, right? It's like going to the casino. Um, Except the casino can be more fun sometimes. (laughs) Um, So... Ultimately, it becomes up to the artist or studio to determine which treatment they feel is the best to pursue to be able to prove that they can do the work, they're going to do it very well, and they're going to be somewhat cost efficient, right? Because basically, you you can go all in on a project, and you can say, you know what? We're going to model this character out. We're going to model this environment out just to show them like, hey, this is exactly how it's going to look. And they might love that. But if your number is off, if it's too high or too low, you're going to lose it. Yep. So there's it's it's like it's a very risky game. But I mean, also, alternatively, Um, you could go with that third option and make something and they just don't like it. Right. You don't even even get the chance to like review or know what they want. You've made something and they've already determined that you're not the right one. Exactly. I mean, two people, two different studios could make something very similar. Mm -hmm. But if one chose slightly better colors than the other the that one might win Mm -hmm. and it's it's really too bad i mean i I, again i have my thoughts on a lot of this stuff and i'll probably get a little bit fiery here um but i understand why people do it that way i understand why agencies and companies want to pitch things out Mm -hmm. they want to reduce their risk as much as humanly possible which makes sense it does And when you're spending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on a project, you want to make sure you're reducing that risk. Because if you make a wrong decision, that's your job. Yeah. It's a good chance it's your job and you're, you're done. So that's kind of where, to me, that's where a lot of this pitching thing kind of derived from is, okay, well, we need to reduce our risk and we'd rather apply that risk onto somebody else than to take it on ourselves. And what I mean by that, again, is for a studio that is creating a pitch, they have to take the time. It costs money to, you know, for a team to be able to build something, to take the time to build something. So that's, that's, it is actually gambling, right? Yeah. Now, theoretically, you should have a 33% chance of winning if there are three people in there. Shelby, do you think that that's the the correct percentage that everyone has, though? No. God, no. No, definitely not. Um, In a lot of cases, this three-bid situation is a formality. Mm -hmm. They have already selected. Internally, they've already selected who they want to do something. But the formality is that they have to get three bids to be able to kind of do their due diligence on the project to make sure the client understands how they went about doing something. The problem is 
they don't tell you if you are, if that is the case or if it is not the case. Yep. I have to believe, and maybe I'm wrong here, I don't know the exact number, but I have to believe that in more than 50% of pitching cases, before it ever gets to pitch treatment, a selection has already been made. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I was to guess a number, that's where I would put it. It's 50% of the time. Which, again, makes it tough for artist studios to then figure out, okay, which one of these three directions do we want to go with our treatment? Yeah. Because obviously, just showing some of your work and putting a number together is the easiest thing to do. But it doesn't really position you in a great place uh, compared to others, potentially, if they're going to actually make a sample of something. Um, whereas the, the second option, as far as like putting mood boards together and all stuff, definitely more involved, mm -hmm. but still might not be as far as other studios are going to go. This is the the worst part about all this stuff is you don't know what anyone else is doing. You don't know who the other companies are involved. So you're kind of, in a way, they're kind of forcing you to bid against each other, right? Both financially and both what does treatment actually mean. Yeah. You don't see the treatment. This should be, listen, I'm going to propose this as a rule that anytime there's a three bid scenario, it should be like a TV show and each one has to actually present. How fun would that be? We all just go like in front of each other. We're just here. Yeah, I mean... PowerPoint slide. It'd be like PowerPoint uh, night, but pitching. I like this a lot because... I, I mean, I don't know. I think that it would be so fair for us if we're going to take a gamble. Well, let me, I'll get to that a little bit later as far as what happens when you don't win. But... Yeah. Um, so basically, you put together this this treatment, whatever that might mean. You then share it with the prospective client. And then you generally wait a little bit of time, a week or two, before they make a decision. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will say the longer it goes without hearing anything, the less likely it is that you are the winner of this weird game or gamble, as I should call it. Yeah. And so there's a chance you may not hear anything at all. It's true. It's true. Um, now, when you, when you win a pitch of any sort, it is a great, great thing. You feel like you you took the right gamble. You put some time and effort into this thing. It, it worked out. That's amazing. When you lose, which statistically you're going to lose more than you win. Um, this is very much like baseball averages here, where if you can get a hit one out of every three to five at-bats, you're doing pretty good. Um, so when you lose, you sort of feel used, you feel extremely frustrated and a bit dejected. Just all of the feelings that you get when you spend time and effort in something and you find out that you lose. Yeah. 
Now, obviously, if you just put together some of your work and a price and you lose that, that doesn't hurt nearly as bad as when you go all in and you create something that you really believe in, you spend dozens of hours, maybe even hundreds of hours on creating something um, and you don't get it and it it hurts. It hurts real bad. And the hiring agency or company doesn't care at all. Um, they say, I'm sorry, better luck next time. So we sort of have this, this world, right? Hopefully as I'm saying this, everyone's like, this is weird. Why does this even make sense? This shouldn't exist like this, but it does. And it doesn't um, make sense. No, I... In, I I try to compare it to other industries often, and you know I'm, I'm having some some work done in my house, and I'm like, man, how? Like, yes, I I call th- three companies at least. I try to get three bids on things, um, but I don't ask them to come over and start working on some stuff for free, and if it's good enough, I'll let them finish. And I'm, I don't love that. I, <laughs> I, I, that to me, that is the respectful way of, of doing a lot of this stuff. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is that there, there is this really weird thing in the industry. It, I'd say over the last 50 years, you know, it's, it's been kind of the standard is you want the big projects, you got to pitch for the work and prove that you should be doing this stuff before we ever pay you a single dollar. Um, my preference over over pitching at all. Again, like I am saying, like I understand why people go this route. They're trying to reduce that risk. But what I wish clients would do instead is focus a lot more on the relationship focus a lot more in finding a partner that can do what you need them to do and just ask them to do it yep um i think that's one option i'm already getting to the point in this where i'm trying to present my (laughs) ways of being better here the alternatives right another is Paid pitches. Mm -hmm. This should 100% be the standard where what should happen is they reach out to three companies and they say, hey, we have X amount of dollars for you to be able to put a sample of some kind together. Um, And if we do like that, then that's great. Uh, We keep working together at that point. Mm -hmm. To me... I wish I wish this was the the norm, right? But it's not. Like this should be part of the budget that they receive as an agency or part of the budget a marketing team has mm-hmm. to do things. They should be planning for these things. Finding a partner will take time and money. So I mean this this is something that we do on on a normal basis, right? It's we do our discovery phase before we ever you know 
quote any sort of campaign or anything like that. It's like, we need to understand each other first. And we want to make sure it's a very low commitment that has to be made at first, just to see if we even like each other, just to see if you like some of our ideas. But we do, we do a week long discovery process and right at the beginning, it's like, all right, let's just learn what we're doing here. Uh, Learn what some of the opportunities are, how we might do certain things. And then at the end of that process, we then kind of share either. Sometimes we share a sample. Sometimes we're sharing mood boards either way. It's like, Hey, these are our ideas. And at that point in discovery, they have no obligation to keep working with us. They can then take that those ideas and they can freely take them wherever. I have no problem with it um, because they paid for that sort of consulting, right? Yeah. So that's a process that we created to kind of to, to make it fair on both sides. Because mm-hmm. right now it is very heavily unfair for the artist's studio when it comes to pitching. Yeah. So, um, you know, if, when we do discovery, we, you know, we, we, we get our little bit for making sure that we can actually feel confident and comfortable sharing all and any ideas that we have. Yep. And on the client side, it's a very, very low commitment, a small financial percentage of what a bigger project would be to find out what it would be like to work together. But I'll tell you right now that 100% of the time that we've done discovery, we've ended up working with that partner later on. So I I say this stuff because I believe that, I guess I'm speaking to to two different parties here, right? I'm speaking to the, the artist right now by saying, have a process in place for whenever a free pitch is asked for. Yeah. And I'm speaking to the agency and marketing side of things where I'm saying, hey, make sure that you're that you're carrying the moral obligation that you have of being fair. Mm-hmm. Maybe we end up cutting this next part out. <laughs> but our society has canceled a lot of things for the better over the last five years. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, this thing hasn't, I I say cancel, that's not the appropriate way to say it, but that shouldn't exist. This is 100% people taking advantage of other people. Well, and it stems from a very like archaic, I mean, idea of advertisement of, you know, the artists don't really matter all that much. All that matters is the product. It's very assembly line minded, which is unfortunate. Yeah, you're totally right. And I just, I think that there's a big change that, that needs to happen with, um, with just, just the process. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm 100% not saying like, give all the power to the artists. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I think that there just needs to be more of a balance. Right now, it is so off. It should be an equal partnership. I mean, right. with any relationship. And the thing is, is even if you do end up getting that pitch, mm-hmm. if you spent hours and hours and hours unpaid to make that, and yeah, you get the job. I mean, you still put all that time in there that you weren't paid for. I mean, that's still not a balanced relationship, even if you got 100%. the job. 
yeah, you're totally right. It's, and when you have that unbalance of a relationship, it doesn't usually go super well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I've, I've, I've worked at places in the past that, again, we worked on a lot more pitches that lost than won. Mm-hmm. We've done a couple at made by things. Um, again, when we look at, like, what do we consider to be a pitch exactly? Like, have we won three bid situations before? Absolutely. But when it comes to going all in and developing a sample for something, very, very, very rarely would we win anything like that. And that's that's how it was at other places that, you know, before I started Made by Things, that's how it was there too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, like if we spend 25% of our year pitching for work that doesn't even develop, that's a problem. That's a very big business problem that just... I can't get over mm-hmm. as a business owner why anybody would ever want to do that. So, but again, even in those situations where we've maybe won big pitches, those aren't usually the best relationships that allow us to do our absolute best work yep. because there's a fear. It's like, it's sort of like oof, another part that we might need to cut out, but it's sort of like if you, you know, you have a partner and they, um, it's sort of like you're, <laughs> how do I say this? Um, it's sort of like you meet somebody and you fall in love with them, but then you realize that they're married or yep. have another partner. Yep. And then they leave that person and you're like, great, you should belong with me now. But then over time they realize like, oh, maybe I can't trust this person. Like if that's how our relationship started, like, oof. But to me, that's that's kind of where it, where it takes me. Is can you really trust that imbalance of a relationship? Like they are, you know that they're willing to use you. Yeah. Um. And I don't love it. I don't obviously like that method of of doing business. And I think so much of that just like it stems down to if if you're a client and you're looking for you know pitches. If you're looking to like start some sort of project with someone, are you looking to form a relationship or are you just looking to get some work? I mean, that's really what it comes down to is what are you looking for out of this, out of the pitches? Do you want something long term or do you just want this one project? Because I mean, right. if you really want to create a campaign with someone and you want to have a long term thing, you need to have a balanced relationship because they need to feel valued. One hundred percent, and I think that's that's the key. There is that there are there's there's those two different approaches. There's the people just looking for like, for lack of a better word here, the one night stand. Yeah, and then there's the people looking for an actual long term relationship. Yep, and we all know what the healthier approach is here, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, well, and I mean, the thing is, is if you have that long term relationship, you're gonna get better work. You know, right. I mean, you're going to get a better campaign. Your marketing will be better. You will, your branding will elevate if you have that long-term relationship. Right. There's, there's so much stuff that comes with that long-term relationship. There's, I'm not saying that it's void of conflict. Conflict is a good thing. Yes. And you need to be able to work through those things together, right? It, again, same as a relationship. You need to learn how to fight fair, right? I mean, some of our um, very best clients 
we've had like, okay, we need to sit down and we need to figure out what's going wrong here. And we come back healthier afterwards because we've been able to talk through any issues. We've been able to come through that. I mean, you have a better relationship after conflict. Right. As long as you can work as through it. As long as you can resolve right. it. Yeah. Right. But again, whenever there's this crazy imbalance in a relationship where one needs the other more, mm-hmm. again, that's whenever it just, it starts to kind of crumble. Like you kind of both need each other yep. evenly. Um, and I think that that's sort of what the whole pitch process does is creates that imbalance intentionally, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you need me. Look at my money. Like, okay. I don't need you. I can go to anybody. But you need me. So because of that, people give in to this. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that they're... If you are a studio and you're like, no, I 100% believe that, like, pitching samples is the way to be, like, whatever. Like, I'm not going to, like, argue with with anybody like that. Mm -hmm. Because, again, it, it it can give you a better chance to make more money overall. The problem becomes then from a studio side of things, an artist side of things, when all your projects are based on pitching, did you hear a scream just then? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're crazy. We just got home from the river. Anyway, um, if you are a company and you take these things on and you start to win a pitch or two, you sort of get a bit of a gambling addiction. Mm-hmm. it kind of works the same where you're like oh yeah like this is this is it like we're gonna i won once i'm just gonna keep doing this over and over again and that's that's how it works right all gamblers that have a real problem have they won really big once at least once very rarely does somebody have a gambling problem and they've just lost only right it's that win that's the thing that makes them keep going And then they're trying to recreate that over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what leads to a very unhealthy business. And it's completely based only on luck. Yep. And that is not a great business strategy. (laughs) Um, Again, it it works out for some, Mm -hmm. but that is not, is not the, the, the permanent way to grow a company. It's not something you should rely on. Right. And again, there, there's companies out there that do it. And again, if they can do it and they can figure it out and make it, make it work, that's whatever. That's great for them. But if I'm looking at this objectively, it is unhealthy from, from that perspective to just rely on those things. I think even beyond just your business itself... Um, from the creative side, it's also unhealthy for the creative community because it pins us against each other, right. which sucks. Now, here's here's the thing I'll say. If we were to look at this outside of, of the industry, like we, we are supposed to compete against each other, right? But it, it does. It takes away from the... Th- Thing that we have that a lot of other industries don't and that is a community yep. um, and it leads us to the bottom it is that race to the bottom right mm-hmm. rather than trying to elevate each other because we know that if we can 
the rising high tide raises all ships, something yep. along those lines, right? Um, I, I firmly believe that idea where we should be trying to help each other. Yes, I want to win. I want to win more than anyone else. I know that. Um, but if you win now, but you hurt the community, hurt the industry itself, well, the next time you win, it's not going to be as big of a victory. No. And that victory will continue to get less and less and less. So it's something that, you know, occasionally you have to, you know, things aren't going well. You feel like you have to put a lowball offer in and just show everything that they might want to see. Mm-hmm. If that's the situation that you're in, you know, by all means, do whatever you have to do. Yeah. But just know that that is not a permanent solution. Yeah. That is a Band-Aid on a knife wound. A bad knife wound. A bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you might be able to come out victorious, we'll say, that one time. Yeah. But it won't keep up. So, again, when we, when we do things like that, when we start lowballing and start just offering everything and the kitchen sink, it's, it turns into, okay, well now we're not making as much money. Now artists need to be paid less. Yep. Um, we need to work faster. We don't get the time that we once had to do this. I mean, you hear people all the time talking about how the industry isn't what it once was. This has already happened. Yeah. That people are being paid less and being told to work harder and longer. Well, I mean, this is super common. I mean, especially from the entertainment side in animation. I mean, all the time, all day, every day. That's just the reality. Right. And I I guess I kind of relate it similar to inflation, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's not something that can necessarily be reversed, but it's something that can be slowed down. Yep. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now, is that we need to find a way to, again, not saying like help each other out, but what I am saying is we need to find a way to fight fair and that makes me sound really bitter. I realize that. (laughs) Um we need to find a way that we can win while the other two people that lost can still win. Yeah. Nobody should be losing no. when they're putting their time and money into something for work that they do, no. right? So I guess that's that's all I'm trying to say is that there should be no losers. We need to find a way to not make that the case. Like not even the client or the agency should ever be losing in anything. Like I 100% believe that they should be you know, being able to see a return on their investment as well. That's, that's how this whole thing works. Mm-hmm. But I just, if somebody does have to lose, it doesn't make sense for it to be the company that is likely the smallest and has the most to lose, honestly. Yeah. So tomorrow we fight. No. <laughs> Cue the music and go. Um, Again, this is a conversation that me and Shelby have had, um, obviously based on an actual experience that 
that we've had Mm -hmm. relatively recently. And again, it just, every single time that you put something together and you don't get it, it hurts. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe, defeat can be a good thing to experience. But this goes a bit beyond defeat whenever it's an actual loss. Like there is, there is money at play here that is gone. We don't get that back for, you know, for trying. And um, it's just one of the rare, rare industries where you have to spend your own money actually doing the project or actually doing the work before you get paid to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think some people would argue that, okay, just call it a marketing expense. Call it a sales expense. That's not marketing to me, um, especially whenever you're under an NDA that you can't really share any of this stuff. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, like, you're actually committing to stuff without any promise of a single dollar. Yeah. Overall, I, I just don't love it. I think there's a different way, and I think that I hope that the entire industry can see some kind of shift at some point soon. I think too, like a lot of this for me, like if the value of the work, and I think this comes into play on both sides, the client should value their brand enough that they want good work. And the studio should value their art enough that they want to create good work. That's, you know, that is worth it. You know, that, that actually, you know, is is worth their value for their time and their talents. It just goes on both sides. They both need to value their their own work more, I think. Right. I think you said it best there. It's ultimately this is I don't I don't know if I want to say this, but ultimately getting pitches like this is a relatively lazy way of running a project or getting work done. Again, not saying that it's lazy to go out and and do your due diligence, find companies that you think would be a good fit for you, Um, which some of them will take that time to do that, and then they'll ask for that sort of treatment. Um, I, I, I firmly believe in, like, understand who those companies are. Look at the work that they've done. They likely have many years of experience that already showcase all the work that you might need to see. If you see that somebody else has done better work in the past that's more relevant to what you do, it makes 100% sense to just go work with them. Yeah. And, and like you said, they end up with better work in the end whenever it's based on a real relationship. Yep. Rather than just like kind of luck of the draw thing, almost literally there. From the client side, like they don't want to cheapen their brand, you know? And by doing that, by going off to all these different people, I mean it, it doesn't it doesn't help the image of of their own company either because of because of the idea of pitching and oh now we have to fight against each other for this thing. I mean it it can cheapen the idea and like the essence of the brand itself from a studio perspective. But then also, um, you know, going with, if, if you just, if, you know, if you have the idea of, okay, I need to go talk to these studios, I need to have them pitch. If you really need to go and you need to talk to several different studios, if you just have a meeting with them, 
and you say, this is what we're looking for, most likely they can just come up with the ideas. They'll pull it up on Vimeo or wherever they have their work, their website. I mean, we make the websites. We spend a lot of time on them for a reason. We spend a lot of time on our reels for a reason. I mean, they have it right there and available. If you're just willing to sit down and maybe have a 30-minute conversation with them, you can have all of that answered relatively quickly without having to spend the time of, okay, give us your pitch in two weeks. Make sure you have all this stuff ready. Just have a 30-minute conversation, and you can cut all of that work down in half. Right. And that, so one of the things that we often hear, I try my hardest to get out of any of these situations as, as much as I possibly can. I'll ask things like, what specifically can we do mm-hmm. that makes us win this thing? Like, let, let me know. I just stop. Don't, like, lie to me. Don't, like, pretend like we're your favorites. Like, just yeah. tell me specifically, what do we have to do? And, or I'll say, what if we were all three bids and we give you three different options? Yeah. People generally don't like that one, but, <laughs> but, but um, I mean, there's, it's there's a lot of ways. Because the thing is, is when you're only giving one pitch, you're only giving one option. And there are several different ways you could do this. And the thing is, too, is, I mean, when you're working in a creative industry, it's completely subjective. So you give them one thing and, well, maybe their implicit bias or their subjective idea behind this, you know, they don't, they just don't like it. But you could do something completely different. And that's that's an option too, but you just don't get the chance to even showcase what else you can do. Right. I mean, some people will go out of their way, and they will they will on their own as a studio create three separate options as part of their one pitch. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now you're taking even bigger gamble that this is going to work out. Um, some companies can can do it, right? Some companies that some studios that might be ten, twenty five million dollar companies. They're not going to notice if they are missing something. No. So especially don't ask small companies um, to do those those kinds of things. Um, again, even... I guess what I'll say here is one of the things that also keeps... That, that comes up often is like, oh, this is just our policy. We have to get three. If you do, you can't do anything about it. You still have to pitch the workout. Be very clear about what specifically you want to see. Yeah. And aim for the lower options that we were talking about here. Mm-hmm. If you do have a part of that budget that can be allocated to three of these companies to at least put something together, it might not be much, but something is better than nothing. 100%. But if you were to say, like, hey, here's $2,500. We know it's not, like, a lot for what we're asking for. But, like, we'd love to be able to see a sample of what this could be. Yep. And you spend $2,500 on this. That way you don't lose money. Um, so that's, that's again, that's one possible solution there is to just pay people to do it. Take some of that overall budget that you had and apply it to giving it to three separate yep. companies. And you can still use it afterwards. Because, I mean, right. you're purchasing the work. I mean, if you spend $2,500 for someone to create, you know, like a few second clip or an illustration or something it's yours and if you like right. it and you you know want to use it down the line use it you know right yeah you're totally right so but again no matter what you do it's it's being very clear of what do i have to offer and what what am i asking for am i asking for a 25 second clip of a project that if you win it's only a 45 second animation it's yeah. like wait you're asking for most of the work before you even spend anything mm-hmm. It's not fair. It's very immoral. 
and I guess the, the reason that I bring a lot of this stuff up is, and I can't believe it hasn't happened yet, but somebody is going to get dragged through the mud very soon yeah. for this practice. And I guess I bring this up because it's like, you got to be smarter than that. Um, you can't, uh, another part maybe we cut out here. Sorry, I've been doing this a lot. You can't celebrate Juneteenth on Monday and then on Tuesday ask for free labor uh-huh. from people. <laughs> yeah. It's just... And that that's the kind of thing that, like I said, somebody's going to get dragged through the mud here very soon. Yeah. And you probably don't want that to be you. So maybe start looking at some of those those practices that you those hiring practices that you have. The thing is, is like the industry is changing and people are becoming more vocal and you do not want to be the person that they choose to come after. Because, I mean, it could be anyone. All All it takes is one upset artist. One tweet. One one tweet. One tweet. (laughs) One tweet. You are done. One tweet. Right. I mean, it's not worth it. It's not worth Mm -hmm. it in the end. Especially if you can make the change now. Right. And this is this is one of the things um, unions are great, great at, right? Yeah. Is protecting practices like this. But our industry, eh, there's unions, but there's no like one global union that kind of handles all this stuff that restricts that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I guess, I, I'm, I mean, I'm honestly surprised that something like that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. But again... I bet you within the next few years, it's going to start from a tweet. Oh, yeah. And somebody is is going to take a very hard fall um, that honestly could be irreversible. Well, but and it's it's hard, too, because the person that could be taking that hard fall is just doing the industry standard. It's not like they're doing anything different. They would just be doing what everyone has been doing in the past. And that's all it is. And I think that's how people justify it to themselves is, oh, this is how we've always done it. Yep. But we've all heard that before, Mm -hmm. like, especially in the last 10 years. We can't just keep saying this is how it's always been done. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to actually look at the practices that we have in place. And that's not going to hold up in court, all right? You can't just just do that. So, um, and you can't. You can't also just be really cryptic about what you're asking for, no. which again is that's how they're bypassing a lot of this stuff. And we all we all know what you mean, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that again, there are certain things that I think are, are reasonable and certain things that I don't think are. Yeah. And I think that agencies have to ask themselves what what is reasonable for us to ask for here. Or what should our new policy be? Because it can't be this forever. Mm-mm. And and artists need to look at that from their end as well and say, what does our policy need to be when it comes to this stuff? Like, what will we do? What is our quoting process? Because mm-hmm. um, obviously, again, I think there needs to be compromise. Like, again, I'll never say that it should be one-sided one way or the other. But um, the current system that's in place the secret system that we have that's currently in place is outdated and dangerous and I don't like it. (laughs) All right. 
I think I've gotten fired up enough about this. Any final thoughts, Shelby? I feel like we've kind of done. I feel like the last few minutes has been the final. But yeah. I just, I just want to make sure that both parties feel safe about the relationship that they're going into. You know, everything has been open. Communication has been clear. Because that will lead to the best partnership and the best work that's being created. Right. Um, yeah, I guess the thing that I'll, I'll say is take a very close look at, at how you're winning business, how you're giving business to other people. And at the end of the day, you still have to be a human. You have an obligation to be a human to the other people, the other humans around you. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Right. If, if you are asking for something for free, well, what's in it for the other side? I don't I don't know what the answer to that is exactly, but it's a transaction and it needs to go both ways. It can't just be if you do this, if you put this coin in the slot machine, you might win a bunch of money. That's, that can't be it. No. It can't be a gamble when we're talking about our actual time that we're putting into things here. Yeah. So um, reevaluate how you go about doing business, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. Yep. All right, I think we covered it. Um, so again, we're gonna. This is our. This is our final episode. This is a good final episode. Yeah, it's good. Um, and what I'll say is, um, it's been a, it's been a fun season. I think we started this this kind of season as we call it, probably beginning of the year. Is that yeah, right? Like February or something. February. Mm-hmm. We had a good good run there, but we're gonna be out for uh, out for the summer. Lots of vacations. We have our made by things retreat in July. <laughs> July. Um, and we're we're looking to kind of get things started again. Um, probably first week of August, maybe somewhere around that that time period. And to everybody that's kind of listened to us so far, I appreciate you and love you. Bye. The Command Z Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.